That's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. Break it all down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. With your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome into the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. It is Monday afternoon. 547-1610 is the number. Also available via email. Website 610KONA.com. Bottom line page. Your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. And we're on Twitter at bottom line 610. And Ed will just kick off with uh, <clears throat> deciphering, excuse me, the governor's most recent press conference. Yeah, just ended. Just ended. Uh, May 5th, there will be uh, some restrictions lifted <clears throat> on state parks. You'll be able to access them during the day. Uh, all state parks, state public lands managed by DNR and state public lands managed by um, the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. You won't be able to camp, however. There won't be any overnight action. No just, camping. Just day use. Yep. Um, fishing, hunting, and golf. Those restrictions will be lifted as of May 5th. No camping, no team sports. But, right. But, you know, a few more outdoor activities. Um our our illustrious leader is is allowing us to to continue doing. Yes, dear leader has has allowed those to open uh, May fifth. Um, what a courageous individual he is, by a, the way. Amazing, truly. Uh, the, the 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 he's the he's the he's the the beacon of light at the top of of the mountain. Um, Disguised now, as a train. If you're going <laughs> near the end of a tunnel that's out, um, <laughs> but if you're going to go play golf. Uh, you, you, you know, know in, all, in all seriousness, we know that golf is a big uh, thing around here. Huge, and uh, you know, for for the local businesses that are tied to golf and go- the golf industry, this is good news. Um, you know, yes, the the state parks, the state lands, uh, you know, that's that's good. Hunting and fishing, that's good. But specifically for our area. Um, Golf is a major golf tourism We've got an issue. Not only well, the, the the tourism part of it, of course, he made sure he stressed. You know, now this doesn't mean you should get in your car and go anywhere. Oh, right. You 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 just don't. You know, you and your friends don't pack into a car because that's dangerous. I really liked where he mentioned uh, the pictures he saw of people standing on a mountain, um, and and how many people were there and and how dangerous that was. Now I'm just going to take a small stretch here. If you're healthy enough to climb a mountain, you might do okay against the COVID. It's it, it's possible you might be healthy enough that you you could you could beat back the Rona and win. Can I can but, I just can I just mention something that I've been dying to because just, this is sounds me. This is something that I know a lot of people uh, have been thinking about for the last week or two, and I'm just going to say it. Not this last weekend, the weekend prior, so a little more than a week ago, a good sized demonstration at Columbia Point in Richland uh, asking, demanding Governor Inslee open up fishing in the state of Washington. The reaction locally and statewide when when that story made it across the mountains was hellfire and bloody damnation. 
How dare you, how selfish of you to risk your life and the lives of everyone around you mm -hmm. by going fishing? Yes. What a horrible human being you are. This last weekend, a similar, a bit larger, but a similar demonstration of fishermen in Puget Sound also demanding a reopening and the ability to fish. But since it was done in Puget Sound, the following day or days, Governor Inslee relaxes fishing. Before, it was those crazy nuts in eastern Washington mm -hmm. that don't care about anybody but themselves. But when there was a fishing demonstration done in Puget Sound... Hmm. Well, maybe we'll take a look at that and use the data. Yeah, he said that word about 20 times. He doesn't those... use dates. He uses data. Yeah. He, he Remember, he said that word about 20 times, and he did not share a shred of data, even though he kept saying the data, the data, the data, the data. Well, it's nice, but how about you let us know what data you're basing this off of? It's kind of like share with us the data, please. We want to know. We want to know the data. It's kind of like when somebody tells you, I heard, or, mm -hmm. or some people say, blah, blah, blah. That's the same thing. That, that's, the, that's the kind of data he's using, is this I, mysterious I, data in the ether. I would love to know the data in the ether because apparently it's, it's different data than what Colorado has. Mm -hmm. It's different data than what Oregon has. It's different data than what California has. It's different data than what Texas has. Different data than what Mississippi has or Tennessee has or Kentucky has or any of the other states that are going into reopening phases beginning this week. You know for, what? It, for, for, for businesses. Uh, so I'd love to know the data that he has that's markedly different mm -hmm. and shows that the end is near, whereas all these other states that are beginning reopening processes, well, apparently they've just got bad data, but, but Jay Inslee won't share his data. Well, I'll, I'll, I, I, have, I have discovered where he gets his data from. This, this elusive data, I know where he gets it from. It's called the Jay Inslee dartboard. He throws a dart. Whatever he, it hits is something he's going to relax next. I think I don't even think it's 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 that scientific. Uh, I, I think that his his data is however long he can go without hurting his reelection. No, without <laughs> anybody asking questions, because. Simply enough, his data is just a word. Until anybody starts probing him, which he doesn't get, he doesn't get probed. He, he doesn't get probing questions about where he's coming from. He just continues to talk in circles. And as long as the majority of the people that support him are happy with the circle talking, he's fine. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? It's Bernie from Kennewick. Hi, Bernie. I love where you finally told us where Jay Inslee gets his data from. Yes. It makes a lot of sense. Well, thank okay. you. <laughs> Bye. 
1610. You can also email the program by going to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. In fact, let's go back to the phones. You're up on the show. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, guys. It's Chris from Hi, Chris. What's going on? His data pool. What's that? Okay. His data pool. Oh, pool. Uh, I do believe he's still drawing his data from the University of Washington, um, the guy that does all the mapping and stuff, who has not been right or even close to right from the beginning. Um, and I do believe that he thinks we're that dumb and gullible, not to question any of his comments. Uh, for instance, today he says that being out in the wilderness and outside and everything is the best thing you could do for your health. But two weeks ago, it was the worst thing you could do. How can that have changed? No, I hear you, Chris. Appreciate the call. You're, you're, you're right. I think that, look, the things that he has started to relax on, think about it. There's two main things that he is that he has uh, relaxed restrictions on, and it's two things that people were yelling the loudest about: new home construction, which it took him a while, but he finally got around to doing that, and then back-to-back weekends of fishing protests. So, I guess what I'm telling everybody: if you have a hair salon, band together with all the hair salons. And hold a demonstration because I need a haircut. And if that's all it takes for him to get him, the the governor, to relax restrictions is a couple of demonstrations and uh, protests. I'm asking the hair salons to band together and protest this because me and a lot of people I know need haircuts. We got to take a time out. 547-1610, 509-547-1610. Send us an email, too, by going to the website 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. Back with more after this. Bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. 547-1610 is the number if you'd like to get involved. We're on Twitter as well, bottom line 610, and via email. 610k18.com is the website, the bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say, like Aaron in Yakima did. Said, I'm glad the state parks are reopening, even if it's only daily or if it's only day use. Fishing should never have been banned since it is a solitary sport to begin with. As for camping, is it the national forest run by the federal government? Is the national forest close to camping? If I camp, I'm camping as far away from people to begin with. State parks are always packed with campers, so I avoid them anyway. Just curious. Thanks for the time and keep up the hard essential work, guys. Now, you made a great distinction there, Aaron, because there has not been a national closure of the national parks. Correct. They have not been summarily shut down. So anything that is a national park is operated by the federal government. Uh, So Yellowstone, the Grand Canyon, Ellis Island, Liberty Island, all those things are 
nationally run. But they, the people aren't necessarily going people to them because of the stay-home right, orders, but, but they aren't shut down either. But there has not been a federal mandate on shutting down any national parks. Everything that Governor Inslee talked about today only applies to the state-run parks. Only applies to what Department of Fish and Wildlife oversee. Only applies to what the state parks and recreations deal with. So state parks are open. For day use, but not for camping. So we'll, we'll, we'll get that out there. And thanks for the email uh, to give us an opportunity to clarify that. But um, back to back to and, and this this these are the things that just you sit there and you listen and and it just makes your head want to explode. Okay, talk about golfing. Well, we're only going to be able to have two people, you know, to a cart on a hole. Well, unless there's four people and they all live in the same house. What? Are you kidding me? What? Well, all four people have to live in the same house if four people are going to be a whole. Okay, find me a single golf course in the state of Washington that's going to turn around and go, oh, we need to see our IDs and uh, let's make sure that you're all, uh, yeah, you all live in the same house. Yep, up. It's, it's, uh, oh, wait a second. Our struggling business is going to be able to resume operations even if not 100%. Because we can't have people dining in our restaurant or anything like that, but we can have people on the golf course. Yeah, everybody lives together, as far as I can see. Yeah, yeah seriously. I mean, seriously, how do you how do you even say that as a caveat? It's again, it, it's it's a liability issue. You know, he's got to say that, otherwise, sure enough, somebody is going to get, you know sued over this and he's just clearing liability. 5471610 is the number 5095471610. Again, good for the local golf courses. I I wish that more local businesses would be open to more uh to more freely do commerce. I really do. Uh but good for the golf courses and I'm sure their phones are lighting up right now getting everybody's getting tea times for May 5th, right? Wonderful, and and I and and I wish him well, um, because uh, getting out in the sun and enjoying the good weather uh, does wonders. Let's just say that it does wonders. The uh, you know whether you're in the camp of uh, whether or not UV light helps in the battle against the coronavirus or not. Setting that argument aside. It's just good to get outside and enjoy, you know, it, it, even, even uh, you know, to take in a good breeze, right? It's, and, and we have wonderful weather. Not at the moment, it's very windy. Today would not be a good day to get, go out golfing. You'd be chasing your ball out around the course. But it's good to get outside. It, it, it's good for the psyche. It's good for your body. And, yeah, maybe there is something to that UV light. Uh, you know, helps in the battle against coronavirus. If 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 it doesn't, then what's the downside? You got some sunshine. Five four seven one six ten five zero nine five four seven one six ten. Look back to this data thing, and 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 seriously, I mean, there are around nineteen states that have discussed plans to have some element of reopening this week. 
Is his data really that much different than theirs? Is his data so good and theirs so flawed that those 19 states that are beginning different elements of allowing certain businesses to go back or uh, Oregon's going to allow certain elective selective medical procedures, um, you know, is his data really that much better than everybody else's that he just knows more than the other 49 governors and particularly the 19 governors who are reopening parts of their state. Is his data just that? Because if it was that good, I would be sharing that at every press conference. But it stops with the letter A in data. Which one? We The, the, the last one. <laughs> oh, the second one. Okay, good. The second A. We don't get... We don't get... I just thought it stopped at duh. We don't get a reinforcement. Yes. That would be D-U... D-U-H-T-A, da But we don't get a reinforcement with each press conference of this is why. We just get these grand generic statements of all these people that are just standing together and it's too dangerous. And if you're hiking on a trail, well, make sure you give someone six feet of distance because otherwise you're going to get it and you're going to die. I, I I literally, what is the strongest aspirin strength there is? <laughs> You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610K. What are your name? Where are you calling from? I'm going to say anonymous, and I'm not going to discriminate against myself. I live in a small Oregon town. I want to share this real quick with you guys. I think being outside is a great, healthy thing, too. I was just listening to you guys, and I want to give you my two cents worth and my experience. So I live in this small Oregon town. We have a lake nearby, and it is closed. Government ordinance, shut down, gates locked, can't fish. I called the park's manager for the city, and I just spoke to a local dispatcher, and neither of them, they don't want to see us congregating in a party of 15, but they said neither of them will enforce the ordinance or the governor's ordinance to ban the uh, property or people from going on there to fish, unless it's just a really outrageous amount of people congregated together. So uh, take it for what it's worth and talk about it all you want, guys. But basically, we have a local city officials uh, basically in a very polite, nice way giving the government the bird. I will hang up and listen to your thoughts. Appreciate the call. You know... Nobody should ever advocate breaking the law, okay? That's first thing, plain and simple. What you should do is find constructive ways to get that changed. And if the local is abiding by what the state is saying or they're not abiding by what the state is saying or other people aren't, look... I don't buy into narconyourneighbor.wa.gov. I'm not the person that's going to do that. There are plenty of other people out there who are more than willing to do something like that, and we've seen it throughout the state of Washington. I'm sure the state of Oregon has had the same thing. You find a way to work within the law to get it changed. You don't go and blatantly break the law. The way fishing got pulled back 
on May 5th is from people working within the law to get it changed and to get it eased. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610KONA. 547-1610 is the number if you want to get involved. Um, you know, there's been some interesting stuff floating around the last day or two, Ed, uh, regarding the Attorney General, Bill Barr, and some stances on stay-at-home orders. And if they are violating civil rights, if they are violating, you know, um, different aspects of the Constitution, Bill Barr, and this was this was put out not too long ago, uh, that he issued an alert to DOJ prosecutors saying that the Constitution is not suspended in times of crisis. We must therefore be vigilant to ensure its protections are preserved at the same time the public is protected. There's been some discussion, and Barr even alluded this to alluded to this himself last week, that if there are overreaches by stay-at-home orders in certain states, the federal government may get involved if there are lawsuits brought by citizens against those particular orders if they think that the lawsuit has validity. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently also just coming down, a lawsuit that was filed against Illinois' governor, uh, Pritzker, J.B. Pritzker, claiming a violation of civil rights, has been ruled on and Pritzker's lost. Oh, the governor overstepped his bounds, huh? Apparently. In Illinois. And it was a Illinois House of Representatives member that filed the lawsuit claiming mm. a violation of civil rights. Okay. Um, the lawsuit claimed that he overextended his power by addi- issuing additional stay-at-home orders after the original proclamation expired on April 9th. And oh. apparently Pritzker lost. Okay. That's, that's what the initial word is. So this is going to be interesting to see the direction this goes. I will say this. <clears throat> About uh, and let 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 us not forget what Governor Jay Inslee did and did not do. Okay, when he issued his uh, stay home orders, after that he's only extended them and a couple of things he's relaxed. He has not added to the original stay home order. Um, once he in that beginning stretch of time, not like these. You know, he didn't let it. You know, close to the expiration date, say, oh, well, we're going to do more. He shut off the valve almost in the beginning. Now, not completely. Obviously, there was, you know, essential workers and, and certain things that he didn't shut off the whole state. But when he did do it, it, it was all at once. And And that is, and please don't hear me, I'm not defending him, but... That is one of the reasons, in fact, last week during one of his media availabilities, that's one of the reasons why he said that we it may seem like we are further behind other states reopening 
because we did very aggressive things off the bat where other states did not. And in Illinois' case, they kind of started out small and got bigger and bigger, and that's what the the lawsuit right. contends <clears throat> that the governor ended up in, in Illinois lost. Now, this came down an hour ago. It was reported by WGN in Chicago, and it was a judge in Clay County, Illinois, ruled against Pritzker's extension. And it's a temporary restraining order applying to his second stay-at-home order that goes into effect on this or this Friday. Mm. So, again, we're, we're, we're it, this thing is getting dicier and dicier. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? This is Robert from Kennewick. I wasn't able to listen to the very top of the hour. I got a phone call. So the thing's reopening. If you could please um, kind of run down the list for me of things that is that are opening on May 5th. Yeah, sure. it's not a long list, Robert. We can tell you that. Um, basically, what's reopening on May 5th is fishing, hunting, playing golf, and day use at state parks, state public lands managed by DNR, and state public lands managed by the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. That's no, it. No overnight camping at those places, day use only, uh, no uh, major outdoor sporting events, uh, right. at least not yet. Uh, so I hope that answered your question. What I, I want to back up to, at the beginning of the segment, Rob, you mentioned about A.G. Bill Barr, William Barr. Um, and keeping an eye on the Constitution and that he said that the even in times of crisis, you can't suspend the Constitution. OK, that's the U.S. Constitution. I wonder why. Oh, I don't know. Maybe a state attorney general. I don't know. Bob Ferguson, maybe why he didn't say something similar. The state Constitution can't be completely thrown in the garbage can either now yes the, if you want it to be it could be the well i suppose but yes the governor has certain powers in declaring a state of emergency we've gone over this several times and yes but again we go back to the balance the does he have the right to out of the abundance of caution and safety of the citizens of the state of Washington, set aside certain protections under the U.S. or even state constitution. And what A.G. Barr said, basically, states, governors, we're watching you. We're watching you to make sure that you're not abusing your powers. 547-1610-509-547-1610 here on the bottom line. So the interesting thing here, and I'm looking at some numbers, Washington State Some is, data? Yeah, some data. Washington State is no longer and hasn't been in the top 10 of coronavirus cases in, in a little bit. Not for a long time. We're number 14 in total deaths. Mm-hmm. With 757 throughout the entire state. Yes. The states that have a higher death count, that are reopening, some aspects and phases, are California, Florida, Georgia. Colorado is just under us by about 50, maybe a little bit more than 50. Um, 
most of the other states are below us on that on that chart. Of the states that have more cases than we do, California, Florida, Texas, they're all doing some reopening plan. Hmm. Now, every state, I believe all 50 states in the nation have canceled school for the rest of the year. Yeah. All of them have pretty much, that's that's done. That's not, they're not even talking about that. Um, well, the president was saying yeah. that, that people should, you know, be going back to school. But in reality, I don't know that that's not, public schools are not going to restart, no. I don't think, in any state. No, but there are states that are in worse situation than Washington. They're already moving forward with making plans to phase back in reopening of their states. Now, more and more, there are things, there is data that is showing that this is not what it was being made out to be on the whole. In other words, yes, much like everything that comes down the pike, it is very lethal to select groups of people. That hasn't changed. But its impact on the general population, when you look at the, the, the results of the antibody tests that have come out, when you look at mitigation strategies that have been employed in different areas, different countries, different mitigation strategies, the different mitigation strategies haven't yielded significantly different results. The results have pretty much been the same. Because even in those mitigation strategies, there has still been person-to-person contact. There's still been a way for the virus to spread. The other thing that's important to note here is that a mitigation strategy is not a cure. It's, It's not a cure. It is a way to try and slow the spread, but it is not a cure. So whatever mitigation strategy is put into effect by whatever state, whatever country, whatever region, whatever area... Is, is their determination on how to try and either slow it or get past it in the best possible way. It is not a cure. No mitigation strategy is a cure because it's not science. It's not a developed vaccine. It's not a medication. It's a suggestion. It's a requirement. It's not a cure. So for all the talk about we have to be careful about reopening because we're going to see a spike, you could see a spike at any point in time. But your chances of seeing a spike, according to more and more data that's coming out, is going to be when we return to colder, damper weather, snow, things like that. Not where viruses thrive, where viruses thrive, not in the middle of July in arid conditions. That's going to be your better chance for a spike based on some more information that we're seeing. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? Wayne from Pasco. What's up, Wayne? I just want to let you know uh, online it says Yellowstone and Grand Teton parks are closed until further notice to all visitors. Interesting. They might have been decisions that were done in conjunction with the state because we haven't seen anything federally that has been put on a shutdown. We'll take a look at that real quick and see while we take a break. 
509-547-1610. Email us too. Go to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page. Send us your question or comment. More of the show after this. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610, KONA, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509 547 1610. Back on the bottom line, News Radio 610, KONA. Final few minutes here in hour number one. So the president's press conference um, just ended recently, and in it, they discussed a new federal initiative that's going to begin to expand testing for COVID-19. Dr. Deborah Burks, who is the coordinator of the task force, talked about the three parts of the plan, which are robust diagnostic testing, timely monitoring, and rapid response programs. Now, the robust testing is aimed to increase the amount of tests and testing platforms and increase lab supplies available to states and local governments. The monitoring will not only test for those infected, but to more effectively monitor those who are at high risk. And rapid response would involve the CDC and working with state and local governments to ensure symptomatic and asymptomatic patients are tracked and traced. Um, The idea is to hopefully be able to predict outbreaks before they expand, which, okay, that's that's positive. Um, I, I would rather hear and see... Um, much of the, I'd really, I'd like to see much of the shifting go to the antibody tests. Really like to see more of a shift going to antibody testing because it seems that that is, uh, just basically drawing blood. It's drawing blood and sending it to a lab and testing for the antibodies present. I honestly believe we need to start shifting in that direction because blood tests would be, you know, granted the labs would probably be a little bit, uh, a little bit overwhelmed at the beginning, but it's the easiest way to test everybody. If that's really the goal, if the goal is to get everybody tested, blood is more accurate than anything else. And you could literally blood test just about everyone and be able to determine who's got antibodies, who's been exposed, who hasn't been exposed. You want to talk about putting a data center together. Now, of course, I can understand a lot of apprehension there because then, you know, there's there's data in a singular collective on every human being, including DNA. Yeah. But, I, I mean, this continued push to keep going with the swabs to find people with the virus we're already excluding a whole element of the population that we've already found through the antibody testing, not just in California, but in other parts of the world, that there are people that have already had it and gotten over it. So they're not going to test positive for it. Or maybe they do test positive for it because they have had it and and they've got a little bit of it. And then what do you do? You treat them like they have it when they're not showing symptoms because they've already gotten over it? Again, I've said this before, And I'll say it again. The focus is and will be on the positive tests um, and fatalities, but the positive tests because states and other jurisdictions get more money 
the more positive tests they have. And so why would you want to see who already had it and built up antibodies from it when that doesn't make you any money? I know that sounds cold and callous, but that's the reality. You know, the, the, the allocation of funding from the national level comes from how many cases you have. And could that be why there are allegations of, of inflating numbers? Yeah, sure. I mean, we're talking about money. A lot less has been done over money, yeah. you know, than, than that. So I, I'm just going to throw that out there because I, I think that that's, that's part of the equation. Now, does that mean that every single state and every single health district is inflating numbers in order to get money? No, absolutely not. But as a whole, as a collective, the the benefit of increasing testing is to get more funding. Think about it. If you say say in the Tri Cities, okay, what's the population? Uh, let's just go Benton and Franklin County. You said okay. it's about three hundred thousand, a little okay. bit less. All right, so three hundred thousand. Let's just say three hundred thousand. Let's say every single person. Tri-City is about 165, maybe 200 at the most. Okay. Man, woman, and child of all ages tested. 300,000 tests. You get, well, what the, the, the going rate is, about 8% are going to come back positive. Mm-hmm. Then what? You isolate them. You run its course. And then what? I that that's all. That's all that that's that's being yeah, done. Because there's there's nothing, there's not a vaccine. No. There are different treatments out there, but not everybody can agree on one. Yeah. And yet the people that have already had it that have shown antibodies, what treatment did they get? Do we know? No, Do we, we don't. We we don't know that's what treatment the they got. We don't know if they got the Z pack. We don't know if they got put on steroids and an inhaler. We don't know how these people that have gotten over the coronavirus before this thing went through the roof. Before we knew about it, we don't know how they got treated. Or it just knocked them on their butt for a handful of days, and and then they came out of it. Yeah, they did over-the-counters, chicken soup, and after five or six days, they were back up and around again. After they had already spread it to uh, whoever knows how many people that may or may not have gotten over it. I'm with you. I'd be, to me, the more fascinating scientific path is is the antibodies test. But I'm also, uh, you know, I'm starting to question data myself. I want to find out different things in certain types of people. I want to know how many first responders are getting it. I want to know how many, quote unquote, essential workers who never stop going to work are getting it. Things like that. Want to drop this quick thing about the National Park Service real quick? We're going to check that out. The National Park Service itself has not shut down any parks. However, they have left it up to individual parks as to what they were going to do in response to the pandemic. So some parks may be closed. Some parks may not, may, may not, be, may not be closed. But the National Park Service has not issued a directive to cover all of the parks other than follow CDC guidelines. It's hour number one in the books. Don't go anywhere. We have another hour of the bottom line here on News Radio 610 KONA.